Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. Thank you for joining me on this episode. A lot of things you guys could be doing today. You decided to spend a few minutes on this quick tip episode on program development, especially from a youth perspective. I ask you two questions to help you break down really the strength of your youth basketball program and the direction that it's going. Now, the reason this episode comes out today is because today is also the launch of the Coach's Edge website. I help coaches around the country with their basketball program, not just their varsity team. Obviously, we'll want to be successful there, but from the youth level all the way on up. So if you're interested in joining our Coach's Edge membership, it's a quarterly membership. The launch lasts until the end of the month, and then it shuts down until the end of basketball season. I won't be accepting any more coaches to work with throughout the entire basketball season. C-O-A-C-H-S-E-D-G-E dot coach. That is the website. If you have questions, you can email me, contact at KramerBasketball.com. But I look forward to the possibility of helping you and your program improve and not just have a successful season, but be successful year in and year out. All right, let's get to the show. Coach, thank you for joining me on this episode. I know these usually come out on a Monday. I wanted to time this up with the fact that the Coach's Edge website membership launches today, and it goes hand-in-hand with this topic of program development, specifically youth program development. So there's two questions that I want you to ask yourself as a basketball coach. And the topics of this obviously are geared toward the high school basketball coach who's trying to build a successful program year in and year out. But they can apply to a volunteer parent who's a coach. They can apply to a a trainer, a player development coach who works with a lot of young athletes. They can work with the the youth coach themselves, right, Who's, who's trying to build the skill set in the program from the ground all the way up. But my first question is, as we get into these two, is what does your house program look like as far as how it's structured so that the kids within your school district don't have to play in a different rec league or travel out and they're playing travel ball th- throughout the winter? Not that any of those things are wrong. They're not. But if you can create a great house program where that league is happening at your school district in your gym and you help create the foundation, the culture, develop positive community relationships, great way to get your varsity players down to working with the youth players that they look up to and go to the games and see there's so many things that we can accomplish by making sure that we have a good house basketball program for our youth players. And I'll share with you a really good example. I think it was a really good example. I would coach for two years at Unionville Seabling Area High School. I was assistant varsity coach. I was also head of the house basketball program. And it was a first through sixth grade basketball program and the first through fourth grade came in 
for eight weeks. And I'm going to lay out what we did with, with our kids for those eight weeks. And what we did was we had our varsity players be the coaches and be the officials. As much as possible, we wanted to develop community relationships from the high school players down to our youth players. We knew the youth players looked up to our high school players. And we wanted as many parents as possible. Sure, we had parents that volunteered and did some certain things to help out. But we wanted our parents to enjoy watching their child come in on a Saturday and play basketball. And they could cheer them on more so than they're coming in and they have this responsibility to coach the team or uh, officiate the game or, or keep score. We wanted to have them enjoy coming and the kids enjoy coming to that game and experience the practices and the fun games that we would play. We would set up the bleachers. We would have a concession stand. We did as much as we could to help make it a positive environment. And we, in many ways, we replicated a mini version of what a high school basketball game would look like. And I want to share with you a little bit of how we developed those players from a skill standpoint as well. So we talked about, you know, how we want the parents. Are they going to be involved? Absolutely. But if we can get more involvement from our varsity players, that's what we want to build. And then how is that going to be formatted? So we would start our program in January and run it to the end of February. And for our first through fourth graders, it ran for eight weeks. In the first two weeks, we would have a session come in on Saturday with our first through second graders, and we might have them in in the first two weeks for an hour and a half, which, as you know, is pretty long for a first or second grader. And we would begin to teach them the basic skills of the game of basketball, some of those fundamental skills of defense, shooting, ball handling, passing, rebounding, right? At that age, some of them have no idea what those words even mean, right? That's how basic you're breaking it down for them. And then after you've done essentially these mini skill clinics for two weeks, the final six weeks, we would divide up between a practice and a game, but we would do them on that same Saturday, right? So if it's the third Saturday in January, those kids would come in, their parents would bring them, and we would run those players through after we've divided them into groups or teams. And we would run them through essentially a half-hour practice that you would generally have a different day of the week. And then after that half-hour practice was finished, then we would play what would essentially be a half-hour game. The parents loved it, okay, because they weren't taking their kids around twice a week to do something. They were getting the same thing accomplished by bringing them to that Saturday basketball one day a week. We had the practice already. We immediately went in to the game. Guess what? There was quite a bit of transfer from that little half-hour practice into the gameplay. Once we got our players up to 5th and 6th grade, we would also have them practice on one or multiple weeknights combined with the Saturday that would end up being another practice or would be to play in a basketball tournament, a scrimmage, a game against another team. We would have first and second grade, 
I was at a small school. It would be a division three or a class C size school. So with, with that smaller school, we would have co-ed first and second graders in, in a gym. And then we would bring third and fourth grade boys in. After that, we'd have third and fourth grade girls in. And we would have three sessions from Saturday from you know 8 a.m. to about 12 p.m. that morning working on that mini practice and then that mini game. That in a nutshell is what our house program looked like. Eight-week program, first two weeks, skill development, teaching the game, teaching the rules, also getting a chance to work with our high school players who are now coaches and getting the chance to teach them you know, how, what we want to teach and how we want to communicate it to these young athletes. And then we would play these mini games the last six weeks. And there's a couple different ways you can do it. I, If you have small uh, groups of players, I really like going small group games as well, like three on three instead of five on five. Kids don't get lost when they're playing three on three. They do get lost playing five on five. So I really recommend playing smaller group games, whether you're going to have that as part of your practice and then go five on five in the game or just make that part of your game. I ran a youth basketball league in South Carolina this past year, and our whole league was three on three. The kids loved it. They touched the basketball a lot, more reps working on their skill sets. And we went half court because the majority of our players we didn't have a, a small court. We had a regulation full-size high school basketball court with no side baskets. So by the time they would get down to the other end and somebody would have tripped or lost the ball or who knows what would have happened, they would have spent the whole time running back and forth instead of actually playing the game. And so that's another reason why I really like playing smaller group games, half-court set, a lot of touches, a lot of reps, more game experience, and all in all, more fun. So what does your house program look like? That's the first question. How is that going to look? What's that template look like, that structure look like for you to implement at your school? The second question, and this is huge, is are you and your youth coaches on the same page? whether those are volunteers, whether those are parents, or whether those are your high school players. Do you all have an understanding of what you're trying to teach at these various age and grade levels? Now, I understand depending on how much a player may play the game, that skill level is really going to vary. Depending on how much a player is physically developing, that skill level is also really going to vary, what they're able to physically do. But it's important that we continue to really try to implement what your youth skill development plan is going to look like. And I'll be specific for your first and second graders. Defensively, what do you want to teach them? What Before they get on to third grade, what do you want to make sure that they know? It could be as simple as, number one, do they know what a defensive stance looks like? Obviously, they need to know what defense is, first of all, right? After that, they know what a defensive stance is. Do they know how to move laterally? Do they know how to use their hands to play big, right? 
from a shooting standpoint, difficult for first and second graders to really be able to muscle the basketball up, especially if you're playing with a bigger basketball and a higher hoop, which I don't recommend doing. But even at that young level, you can teach them, you know, two-footed layups, right? A stance to gain some power to have a good foundational base. And you can teach them where to put their hands on the basketball. And it could simply be that basic for your first and second graders. Okay, and now what does shooting look like for a third and fourth grader? And you, you get with your coaches who are at that level, okay? And so can they shoot those two-footed layups where they have a good base? You've talked about hand placement from the year or two prior where you, the hand placement is consistent. Now can we add some things? Do they know how to jump stop and shoot a layup? Do they know how to shoot a layup on the run off of one foot, right? Starting to slowly build up shooting mechanics so that by the time they're in fifth and sixth grade, right, you've worked on two-foot layups, one-foot layups, jump stop layups, hand placement, shooting stance, and then you're ready to really start to develop some players as far as shot fakes, right, rhythm, adding some shooting range, really concentrating on shooting off the dribble, shooting off of the pivot, shooting off of the move. That may seem like a lot for a fifth and sixth grader, but I'm telling you that if you block this out and say first and second grade, we're going to be able to accomplish two things. We're going to add two or three things in third and fourth grade. We're going to add two or three things in fifth and sixth grade. You will be surprised at how much they can develop in such a short amount of time. Go back to defense. And we talked about, does your first and second grader understand what defense is? Do they understand stance, how to move laterally, get their hands out, be big, right? Third and fourth grade. Hey, one thing that we're really going to add, yelling ball, right? Some, some communication. Maybe that's even before that. Another thing that we might add in third and fourth grade, working on closing out, Right? And you can get back and forth and have conversations for days on the proper way to close out. But I'll tell you what, regardless, it needs to be practiced, especially at a young age. Kids learning how to accelerate, decelerate, change direction. That's really, really important stuff. By the time they understand some of those basics, when you're in fifth and sixth grade, it's going to be easy to get them to transition from stance, lateral movement, being active with their body as well as their mouth defensively. And now you can start to teach them some, some concepts, right, from closing out to gap defense. But my point is, if you're not on the same page with your youth basketball coaches, you run the risk of having no idea what you're going to get once those athletes get up to 7th and 8th grade. And by the time they're in 7th and 8th grade, you might be shaking your head and saying, man, there were six years from first through sixth grade where I really could have made a difference in our program and the development of our players because we were not on the same page. It also takes a lot less stress off of your youth basketball coaches because you've given them a template, a framework and say, Listen, I'm not trying to, you know, look over your shoulder all the time, but here are some things that all of our third and fourth graders need to know regarding passing, rebounding, ball handling, shooting, and defense. 
And if they're not the same things as, as mine, that's fine. But at least you've put in something that they can all look to, right, to try to mimic. It's going to help you be on the same page compared to not doing it, right? Our Coach's Edge program, the coaches that I've worked with personally over the past year, I create my own template from first and second grade, third and fourth grade, fifth and sixth grade, all the way up to a varsity basketball team. I say, here's how you can go about developing a player's skill set from the ground up. And we talk about those five basic skills of the game. And then we also touch on some team offense and team defense concepts. And again, at the first and second grade level, it can be as basic as learning how to transition from one end of the court to the other. Third and fourth grade, it can be as simple as transitioning from one end of the court and the other and concentrating on passing the basketball ahead, catching it in transition and going hard to the basket, making sure that they understand the concepts of playing spread, playing with space. Imagine if your junior high, your high school athletes coming up already understood spacing because you had great third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade youth coaches who made that a priority. It can't happen, right? So those were the two questions that I had for you in this quick tip episode. Was One, what does your house league look like? It doesn't have to look like the same example that I gave you, but can you be specific enough and design a structure where everything isn't on the community center, but you can put your fingerprint on what the development or you, your youth basketball program looks like. And then two, once you've created that structure, make sure that your youth basketball coaches are on the same page as you. That's your program. If you're the varsity basketball coach, all right? So use that to create something so that you're laying the foundation to be successful year in and year out. I can't emphasize that enough. And then regarding youth players and working with young kids specifically. There's three F's that I want you to think about. Fun, fast, and free. Okay. Fun. If it's not fun, they don't want to come back. You're going to have lower numbers. Your talent pool is going to go down. Fun must be a priority. And realistically, it always should be, right? Number two, fast. Young people in general, and all of us in general now, right? Short attention span. So when you're teaching a specific skill, don't teach shooting for 30 minutes. It's just got to be, hey, here's something that we're working on, shooting the basketball. Let's work on our hands. Let's work on uh, our feet, getting some some repetitions in, and then you got to move on to something else. And you can come back to it later. And if you're not sure how this might look, I would encourage you to talk to a elementary school PE teacher on how they design some of their classes or any elementary aged teacher, they will have some great ideas for you on how you can instruct in a short window of time so you can keep their attention. So that fast is really, really important. And then the third F, free. Now I'm not talking free as in they don't have to pay to join, right? I think it's very understandable for parents to play to pay a small fee in order to be 
part of a, a great program that's going to have games and officials and coaches and a concession stand and you know shirts and all that stuff you know you need to sponsor some some kids who can't afford to come yeah you should absolutely do that nobody should not be able to come right but when i say free i'm talking about making sure that that those kids have freedom to be a kid right where a kid can be a kid right so if they're having fun and you're moving fast with your instruction from one piece transitioning to another piece, keep in mind that they also need to have the freedom to be who they are, to be eight years old, to be nine years old. And it's okay to yell and, and be be loud. And I'm always trying to encourage our kids when I'm in there working with them in the gym, be loud, make some noise have some fun, right? This is a basketball court. We're supposed to supposed to be noisy, right? And so making sure that they have freedom to do certain things and making sure that they have freedom to learn by making mistakes. Don't be the coach that corrects every single thing every single time. Let them learn through their own successes and failures and then ask them questions. How did that go? Was there something that you would have done differently if you could do that again, take that layup again? You missed that layup. Why do you think you missed that layup? Oh, I don't I didn't use the backboard on that one. It was, you know, I just kind of shot it straight over the side of the rim. Very good, right? Make sure you're shooting it off of the corner of the box, right? Or Johnny, when you took that shot, you really were falling backward or you were leaning to the side. Why was that? Right, and let them come up with some some answers to those questions. Oh, now you get back into the balance piece, but you haven't, you know, yelled at them. You haven't nitpicked them, and you've had them come up with the solution. And any time that we can have our players come up with the solution instead of us just telling it to them, they're going to enjoy it more. They're going to learn more, and they're going to retain that knowledge more. All right, so. Thank you for listening to this quick tip episode. If you want access to all of our program development instruction, join us at coachesedge.coach. It's C-O-A-C-H-S-E-D-G-E dot coach. We're taking a small group of members that I'm going to help this season. I want to help you and a handful of other coaches around the country improve from strategy X's and O's to helping develop your youth basketball program, showing you a ton, tons of drills and player development videos that you can use in season and off season to improve. Our program is quarterly, right? You, you sign up, you get access for three months. If you like it, it'll renew. If not, you want to cancel. Cool. That's fine. Right. But we look forward to helping you improve your program this season. Ultimately, I want to be an extension of an assistant coach for you and your program staff to make you and help you become more successful year in and year out. If you have questions about that, hit me up, contact at KramerBasketball.com. On Twitter, it's at CoachesEdge1. Thank you again for listening to this episode. And as always, get after today.